Hi, and welcome to another episode of Culture Fit, where we talk about when East meets West in the world of health and fitness across Asia. I'm Natalie Dow, aka Rockstar Arms, and joining me in the house is my trusty co-host, Aaron Rowley, sports scientist. Today, I'm joined by another sports scientist in the studio by the name of John Fong, who's not only an amazing coach, but he's also an elite athlete in both swimming and triathlon, and more recently in ultra trail running. John's going to talk to us today about heart rate testing and how to improve performance for not only an elite athletes, but also someone starting out running. Welcome to the show, John. So why don't you give us a quick intro um, and overview of you know who you are and what you've done? All right. Um, thanks for having me here. I'm from Singapore. And uh, my background is I used to swim as an elite swimmer, long distance swimmer for Singapore, um, to the age of about 15. And I got bored of swimming 15 Ks a day, every day. So um, did my first triathlon with my dad and got hooked ever since. So I moved into competitive triathlon and racing as elite athlete uh, on the Olympic distance ITU circuit for gosh, I think about 10 years plus. Um, and um, retired a bit um, after the 10-year period and went into sports science and became a sports scientist. Uh, so from there, I started working with uh, athletes in the institutes, um, you know, t- uh, working, you know, looking at their numbers, helping them to improve their performance, and uh, eventually crossed over to working commercially with everyday people. And what I do today nowadays is I work with everyday, you know, individuals taking part in endurance events and uh, helping them to get the most out of their limited time available on a day-to-day basis and obviously getting results without killing themselves in the process. Great. I mean, I can speak from experience. You've coached me for the last six months, got me through my first half marathon, changed the way I ran, uh, tested me. um, And I think... You know, what I found amazing was when you changed my training up to heart rate based training. So, you know, the words you said to me were leave your ego at the door. Um, You've got to run within, you follow this program and I promise you, you'll achieve what I tell you you're going to and you'll hit your goals. And I I did. Amazing. It works. So do you want to just talk a, a bit about the basis of heart rate training and why, you know, why people should be considering it? Okay. Um, well, typically when people go out and they train for an event, um, you know, the old school method of, of thinking, you know, the best way to prepare is go harder, go faster. Mm. That typically is done. Um, you know, in this day and age now, we aren't, you know, people taking part in events aren't, aren't as young and, um, you know, everybody works busy lifestyles and, you know, it, it doesn't really fly. Like, you know, people put stress on their body and it just doesn't add up to becoming a positive outcome. So training according to heart rate really helps to regulate that. The only issue for individuals out there is that they don't know what that number is. And I think that's the biggest problem. So you, for, from, what, for, from what you know, you couldn't just um, use one of these online calculations and say, okay, um, I'm 
220 uh, minus your yeah, age yeah, times so the percentage. Formula, yeah, so not not really accurate. I mean, for me, I've done this for 12 over years. I've tested thousands of athletes, and um, what I found is that everybody has a different heart size. <laughs> mm-hmm. So you know, I've got guys that I've tested with a maximum heart rate of 219, mm-hmm. and I've had athletes come in uh, that I've tested with that have a maximum heart rate of like 143. Mm-hmm. So if you do 220 minus your age, you're just gonna end up with this number that just does not it's not possible for you to hit if you're on one end or the other end of the spectrum and that's a lot of people actually so how are you testing them john to to get their heart rate zone training zone well well the best part about the testing is that we're testing it them as it is so we do um you know in more performance we do lactate threshold testing and what that does is essentially we look at the body's physiological response at different levels of intensity so in terms of um, in terms of uh, you know when they push it really depends on what heart rate range they have while they're pushing mm-hmm. right and while we look at the heart rate measurement we also look at how the body is responding and when you put the two together you can actually pair up at like say an effort level of seven out of ten what is the corresponding heart rate based on that and you can look at how the body responds accordingly so someone like Nat who's slightly more resilient than the rest of us yeah maybe um her lactic acid is is quite high but because her tolerance level her mentally she's strong she's just she can able to operate her, yeah. her intensity levels like a five or something yeah so and, and and i'm pretty sure when net if Nat had tested with me when she first started, hmm. probably, or even, you know, if you had sw- when you want to swap to doing more uh, high intensity stuff, it would have, it would generally be higher. But given that you did the base training and you trained your body to manage that accumulation of lactic acid, hmm. right, those numbers will eventually come down. And that's essentially what we use heart rate training for. Uh, when we do the test, we look at the body's ability to use these, um, energy systems and obviously to manage the the lactic acid accumulation which is what fatigues the muscles right and that sweet spot differs from person to person so if i ask nat without testing her what is her lactic clearance zone if i ask you what your lactic clearance zone we're all different Hmm. but if we don't test we don't know we're just guessing right (laughs) and then john if so if you test someone um and then you've determined what that zone is how often do they need to retest because it would change, right? Yeah. Like as, the, as they're getting fitter or less fitter? Or exactly. So the first round of testing really is your baseline, getting your baseline numbers, and it's really looking at what we have to work with. So if your result is not good, <laughs> you're definitely going to come and see me very soon yeah. uh, because the body makes the biggest adaptations uh, in the beginning if your result isn't great. Yeah. If your result uh, comes up as decent and good, then you know, you're obviously on the right track. So the next time to do a retesting to recalibrate would be a lot longer. So if a result wasn't as good, we usually um, give about eight to 10 weeks before the next retest. Um, anything less than that would be too soon. So you wouldn't have enough time for the body to adapt, mm. to, to learn and train that process. So eight weeks uh, over time has, has shown to be ideal, mm. right? If someone didn't have a very favorable result in, in baseline testing. Um, for individuals that are already pretty well uh, trained and they are showing good results, then we usually retest 
uh, anywhere between four to six months. Mm. Yeah. And you, you know, you mentioned at the beginning, this isn't necessarily for elite athletes. This is nope. for anyone, right? Yeah. Anyone who is wanting to run their first ten k's, their first half marathon, their first marathon, um, or has done a couple of runs and wants to improve. So really, it's it's empowering people with a knowledge and a way to train. Uh, that's much more educated and focused than just going out for a run and thinking I've got to run my guts out as yeah. fast as I can yeah. and killing yourself and actually not improving along yeah. the way. I mean, it's really about optimizing the training and making it very clear and concise. I mean, for me as a as an endurance coach, um, it's very easy for me to control, or not say control, but to obviously guide my athletes to training because we peg it to zones. So if I say today you're doing you know, 30 minutes in zone two, then you know what zone two is. We're not guessing. Mm. Uh, a big part of the test as well that you know, what we use and I use this to teach is that while we're testing at each stage, I will actually ask the athlete um, on a scale of one to 10, how would they rate their perceived effort? Mm. And it's, what's very interesting is that you see um, the people that train, they have a history of training hard and fast. Um, they obviously push themselves in training. Um, they're conditioned to, to, to hurt. And from a perceived effort, what feels easy to them, actually, when we see the results from the test, uh, from, from each measurement, is that physiologically, their bodies are stressed. They are producing higher levels. And the flip side, people that train easy all the time, uh, what feels hard is actually still easy. Mm. Yeah. So it's really about finding that sweet spot in between and conditioning them to understand what zones they're in. And that's why heart rate, you shouldn't be a slave to it. I know a lot of people are, don't want to be a slave to the numbers, but it's a great tool to train yourself to be in sync with your body so that when you start to race, you don't have to rely on that number solely. You know what zone you're in, you know what gear you're racing with kind of thing. And that's, what, that's how the elites race. Yeah. They don't look at their heart rate while they're racing because they're so in tune with their body already. And this is something that I think anybody that's looking to become aerobically fitter or aerobically conditioned, they need to start with that. They need to get in sync and in tune with their body. And heart rate is the best way to use those numbers and to guide, you know, to guide themselves, you know, to, to being better and more efficient. Uh, yeah. And I think, um, you know, it was case in point, um, you know, I was running recently, normal 10K run, but was feeling sick with the flu. Mm. And I was meant to be in a certain heart rate zone and my yep. heart rate was through the roof. Yep. But for a, a run that would be maybe 130 and it was sitting at 158 and it was because yep. I was sick. Yep. You know, if which you're is- sick, probably you shouldn't be. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. um, and then the other thing I really loved personally about the training, and this is going on to your programs now because you do those also, is it was not about I need to go out today and I have to run 10Ks in 45 minutes. It's yeah. I need to go and do a 45-minute run in this heart, heart yes. rate zone. So it, it really changed the way that you thought about running yeah. rather than, oh, I've got to be this fast on this kilometer. It's listening to your body, which, you know, I think... Yeah, people... Yeah. Change, yeah, changed my life. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you run stress-free. <laughs> yes, yeah. Yeah. Uh, like, mm, yeah. So, so for normal people that aren't like Nat, like yeah. people that are just, <laughs> just starting out or the average sort of person, if they come and see you, so they get tested. Uh, I've seen people get tested. It looks pretty pretty advanced, the, the yeah. things that you're doing. And so from there, you also give them a program. Is it hard for people to um, like get to follow their heart rate or to follow your program? Yeah. Like, is it complicated? Can a normal no. person oh. with no background in exercise... Um, it, uh, well, 
Yeah, no, it's not difficult. It's not difficult because of how we present the information. I think the first step is really about, you know, and this is, you know, the, the values that, you know, with more performance and me and how I work, it's really about empowering and educating people out there. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I think that, you know, a lot of times people just follow, they get on the program, they do it blindly and they don't really understand what they're getting out of it. And a large part of what we do with testing is really to educate, um, you know, the the, the the client that's that's doing the test on on why these are this is the, their result. This is what they need to do, and this is how they're going to benefit from doing it. So when they go out and they train, they're actually training with a purpose. They're not just training blindly. And you know, this is the thing with with working with a coach. A lot of in the past. Uh, athletes would just follow a program put together by their coach and they wouldn't ask any questions and but if you ask them why are you doing the session what do you get out of it yeah. they couldn't tell you yeah. um, but nowadays you know with the people with the athletes that I work with when they, when an athlete goes out and they run in a specific zone they're doing this exercise they, they know what they're getting in return for that and that's why they are more they're more uh, diligent about doing it because they know that if they they veer off, they're not going to get as many, as much returns on their time invested. And it's and proof is in the pudding with, the, you know, the people that you're coaching yeah. um, at all different yeah. levels with the results yeah. that they're getting with their goal races. They're, you know, yeah. overperforming uh, yeah, it's, on it's, what you set them. Yeah, I mean, you know, for me, I, I've been doing this a long time and, and one of the things that I try to do is... Um, you know, I try to hack training <laughs> and, uh, you know, really for the busy individual. But again, you know, it's just for the everyday person that just wants to achieve. And it, it could be this this person is trying to run their first marathon. This person is trying to finish, you know, a, a five day uh, racing the planet event in, in the Sahara Desert. Or it could be someone that's doing Ironman. I mean, end of the day, everybody has different goals. Some people want to qualify for Kona. Um, it it you know the application is still the same it's just the you know certain specifics that we change that to suit them being what their goals are but end of the day everybody still needs to have to achieve these two uh, primary components in their development as athletes one is to become aerobically efficient and second is to to get stronger and build their what we call their strength endurance if they can develop these two the foundation to then uh, make bigger gains it's much 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 better you know if they have that established so aerobic efficiency is essentially tagged to training with your heart rate zones because that's what builds an efficient engine you know and again if you, you can be fit but if you don't have an efficient engine you're not going to get very far you know so it's really about maximizing how the wheels and cogs are turning you know under the hood you know and again it's just not about being fit it's really about being healthy as well I mean that's you know, one of the main factors that why we apply science to training is really, you know, that, you know, you really don't want, you want to manage stress, you want to ma- maximize your gains. Yeah. That. If you're spending time to go for an hour run, you want to make sure that that's... Well spent. Can, yes, exactly, rather than just running aimlessly. Yeah, and, yeah. and it's like what you said, you know, where you're not well, your heart rate's elevated, you know. Um, you should be in bed. And <laughs> well, yeah. depends on the severity of it, <laughs> yeah. but... Again, a lot of times people don't feel too great. They know they need to get their workout done. So what, they, what typically what comes to mind, they will get on there and they will hit, you know, they just run hard to get through their 5Ks, for example. Um, again, you know, what happens in that scenario is that the body obviously is already, you know, there's something coming around, yeah. right? The, the heart rate shows it, but because they, they choose to ignore it and they just go hard just to finish that workout, they overreach. 
And what happens is that the body goes into a stress state. And what happens the next day when you wake up, you've got a scratchy throat and everything else. Yeah. And and sleep can do that too, right? So yeah. sleep can raise to elevate your heart rate when you're running. There's yeah. quite a Yeah, stress. lack of sleep, stress. Sick. Climate yeah. can raise it yeah. as well. Like, you know, uh, training in Singapore, your heart rate naturally is going to be elevated due to cardiac drift, which mm. is essentially your blood thickening in, in terms of the, the climate. Uh, when you go to somewhere a lot cooler, your heart rate's lower. That's why it's easier to run, you know, quicker overseas. And John, if you have people that come in um, and they're obviously you're focused on the um, the heart rate training to, yeah. to improve the um, energy system usage, what about the biomechanical aspect of the running? Do you work with them um, on um, running form? Yeah, yeah stuff. Yeah, yeah, I do. It's, it's, um, from what I keep hearing more and more. Um, running is far more complicated than anyone sort of, um, gives <laughs> yes. a credit. We all actually should be having a running coach, probably. Well, there are two sides to it. There are mm. people that overdo it, yep. and then there are people that just don't do it at all. So I think somewhere in the middle is typically best. Um, what I do is usually when people work with me, I mean, I've had biomechanical training. I, I worked as a biomechanist as well. So I am uh, experienced in um, looking and watching how people run. And that's actually what I do. Usually when I go out and, I, and, I, and I'm doing my training sessions, I, I would observe people and how they would run. And, and that's a great way to, for me, I guess, to uh, sort of reinforce, you know, okay, this is how we're going to help this person. Although I don't speak to them, I, I sort of do it in my head, you know. And... Um, running economically is important um, you know a lot of times people just work a lot harder than they need to you know um, and because they're not economically efficient they just use up more energy and if they use up more energy they need to take on more gels they need to take on more fuel and that again stresses your gut if you're doing a long distance race you know I work with ultra marathoners and these guys are going for like hours right yeah. and it's so important that they are efficient and they are economical as well because again, right? How, how do you expect to run for hours if you're not efficient? Like, you know? Mm-hmm. So these are things that we do try to fix as well. So nothing is more important than the other, but I think, you know, sometimes you can't fix many, all things as one, mm-hmm. at once. So what I try to do is that when I work with an athlete, I try to assess, obviously, what is, you know, I try to prioritize mm-hmm. and see what is most important to fix first. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah and then decide based on that you know how do we help you know what are the next steps in terms of their development pathway to become better and to go further and then you also do another test you do a fuel efficiency test which for people who haven't done it or seen it is you wear a mask on your like Darth Vader yeah a bit Darth Vader-ish and then he puts you on the treadmill and makes you run with this mask on and tells you to relax and breathe (laughs) Uh, but it's a it's a really amazing test. test. Yeah. yeah. Um, go, okay, so fuel efficiency testing essentially looks at how the body utilizes fat versus carbohydrate as fuel um, at different intensities. So what happens is that we start slower and we look at how your body processes its fuel and then we get you progressively running harder and then we look at how that changes. And while we're doing that, we're measuring heart rate as well so that we can pinpoint exactly what that range is to train that ability you know, to become better at fat burning. So why burn fat better? I mean, fat's a better source of fuel. You know, it's the best source of fuel. And, you know, and again, if you can burn fat, you get leaner, you get lighter, you're, you, you're going to run quicker. 
you know, so why not? Yeah. Um, so there are a lot, a lot, I mean, that's just a few of the benefits, but there's obviously a lot more, you know, benefits that come with that. So from the test, um, once you work out what their predominant energy source is, yeah. can they can alter that through training and through diet as well, I understand? Yeah, or, you know, yeah the human body is actually not as smart as we think it is. Yeah. Um, it, it essentially learns what you show it. Mm. And if you don't show it the right... Um, Situ- uh, simulate stimulations so I want to say, not simulations but the right um, the right activities to stimulate or, or to train those abilities it will not learn it mm-hmm. and that's what people are kind of doing wrong they're just training hard so they're training the wrong system they, mm-hmm. they, you know and they're not eating right so the body's in the wrong state to, to make that to learn and, and to, to, to get the benefits so what we try to do is really to adjust you know not just in training but pre-training as well to get them to really look entirely at the whole start to finish process and through that really program the body to work for them rather than against them. So essentially we unlock all this potential for individuals really by just changing the strategy and, and looking, you know, and then obviously fine-tuning it with the zones that will benefit them specifically. So what I mean by that is, for example, someone could be trying to lose weight and to them they think if I want to lose weight, I need to sweat, I need to Run. Hit or do a thousand hit classes yeah. or something. Yeah, yeah. you know, and, and to burn X amount of calories. Yeah. But they don't realize that, you know, if that's not the best operative state for them or, or it's not suitable for them, uh, you know, then they're just not going to make any changes. Like, like really, or I wouldn't say they wouldn't make changes because that's wrong. They will, but it's not sustainable. Yeah. And that's the problem because once people stop, at some stage they will stop or they'll break mm-hmm. down. Mm-hmm. The body just doesn't know how to handle that and they just revert. So doing it this way, we're really ingraining these physiolog- this proper physiological processes that essentially stay with you, you know, for life. If, and and, and they, they progress more when you invest more time, you know, as you go. You know, it locks it in. So what you're saying is if someone wants to lose weight, we should they should go to you. Find out what that get number. Get the test yeah. and then you can help them lose oh. it in the most efficient way possible. Oh, yeah, exactly. Like I've had guys like, you know, like, clients lose like 50 kilos I mean these are bigger obviously bigger clients but mm. lose 50 kilos from just eating better mm. right and walking yes whereas but they think that they need to be running, running but yeah. they don't need to be yeah, running yeah exactly yeah you know and and you know what it is it's manageable mm. and that's the key that's a, such a key word it's manageable for individuals like that because end of the day if it's hard and you're suffering <laughs> you know it's yeah, not you know, sustainable yeah, yeah you know so and, and again Nothing comes easy, <laughs> you know, and it's all about, it's like investing. You need to invest wisely. And if you do it right, later on, it'll start to work for you. Meaning that you can you can indulge, you can enjoy, you know, have a couple of beers and not pay the price for having it. Because why? You're better fat yes. adapted. You've trained yourself and you've taught your body to manage that that process much much better than if you did it. It's okay to have a couple of beers. It is. Oh, if you're fed enough, <laughs> <laughs> you don't pay the price. Yeah. I mean, we we did a uh, one of our podcasts a couple of weeks ago on on intermittent fasting yeah. and ketosis, yeah, and I spoke about the mafetone yes. test because that yes. was a two week test that really yeah. can change. Oh fat burning immediately yeah, really, right? Will. I mean, yeah. like, and Phil, you've met the I've met, yeah, yeah. I've met Phil and you know, we, we got talking and the people that Phil works with, I also work in partnership with as well, the nutritionists and stuff. And it's just amazing. Like, uh, I mean, I started doing what I do because of him. Yeah. So it was kind of funny when I met him, I was all like, nervous and like you know it's like a little, you know what I mean like it's like a childhood yeah, 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 yeah. 
your childhood your childhood uh, like hero kind of thing right but it, it, it was great like you know and I think you know he is such an amazing guy because he could see this like in the 1980s yeah you know he already started talking about heart rate training he started talking about uh, you know the metabolic system and you know the key thing again we share the same message it's, it's about managing stress you know and it's not about you can't operate at a high intensity forever and expect to get gains mm. you know but yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. No. and you well you know interestingly we spoke before we started uh, the podcast you had someone that came in this week that was a crossfitter so yeah. not an endurance athlete yeah. but you use the heart rate tests um, for a different purpose for yeah. her yeah so you know it can also be applied to different different type of sports uh, team sports as well um, and again you know with any sport I think it's important like for her the crossfitter particularly it was more to know um, what range to operate in optimally you know when they are competing so they don't compete on an aerobic level they compete more on an anaerobic level but still there is a range that that, yeah. that is optimal before they overcook themselves so it's really about finding out what that range is and so that they can sort of tweak their 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 their, their efforts in competition you know what i mean so john would she would she then from um once you determine what her optimal level um is for training would she wear a heart rate monitor when she's training and then she would naturally get used to yes that level. we were discussing that actually and i was asking her you know in the nature of a, you know when she competes can they she said it's impossible to look at her watch but yeah. how it works is that again you want to invest the time train in training to wearing that field yes where that, where that exactly is. so okay. once you know Straight away, you know, for, for her, it will click very quickly yeah. because I mean, she knows the body. Yeah, she can feel it. exactly. Yeah. So it's more like to validate as well yeah. that this, like how I feel now is in line with how my body is actually uh, presenting the level of, yeah. of exertion. And we're talking about all these heart rate monitors. Um, there's so many different things on the market now. What's your favorite go-to, uh, you know, as a, as a heart rate watch in one? Well, I, I mean, Garmin. By far, I mean Garmin and Sunto. These are the two uh, market leaders, anyway, industry leaders in terms of what they do, and in terms of the, the technology, the data, it's all accurate. What you want to invest in is accuracy, because at the end of the day, you, you can spend a, a, you know a couple hundred dollars less, but if the numbers aren't reading right, then you're gonna chuck it and have it on the shelf anyway. Yeah. You know. So, so Garmin or Sunto. Yeah, Garmin And you don't Sunto. need the, you know, people don't need this. I know the straps are great, but if you don't want to wear a strap, you know, the how is the wrist heart rate reader? Optical, okay, so optical is, is um, it's, I would say compared to the chest transmitter, chest transmitter is far more accurate. Yes. Optical tends to be a little bit more uh, iffy, especially... It's slower to react, isn't yeah, it? Well, not, yeah. so, not just that, it's... It, it's the performance of how the measurements are like heart rate is being tracked the accuracy of it packed is packed actually uh, there were some studies done to uh, skin i mean it reads it through skin temperature yeah. and that's affected by the climate that you're in oh, so if you go out and do a run in like less like single digits right your, your readings will, will be all over the shop okay. because the skin like it can't read properly right so again if why use a heart rate monitor if you're not going to get the right data yeah you know in that situation so even though like a lot of my athletes have uh, the option to use optical they all end up you getting a chest strap anyway because mm. again you want if you want to if you're going to be doing the training you want to be doing it right yeah and you want to be getting that that 
that, that accurate information. Otherwise, you're just wasting your time. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't know I was reading from the temperature no, of the skin. No. Yeah. No, I thought it was like flashing through you or something. Yes. <laughs> yeah, it's affected by that. Look at yeah. you, Mr. Technology. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, Apple, come on. Yeah. Seriously. But but on the side of why I would I would I would say uh, Garmin and Sunto, it, it's really because these two companies have really invested a lot into um, the data that they collect. Like a heart rate device, uh, the ones that they have are very very powerful tools. And this is where with my uh, with my training system, with you know we integrate with the with the devices, we make it and. The next step for us is really analyzing and presenting that and trending that data to show how uh, you know an athlete is actually performing, and to look at basically uh, their their performance versus how they're being loaded in training. So if someone is not built to handle X amount of load, then the, the those metrics will present will show itself in, in the trend, yeah. right? And then we adjust the program in accordance to that. And this is all done through your new app, is that right? Yeah. As well, yeah. yeah. We're working. We're still working on on the. On, well, we've already done the uh, collection. We've done the display of the data. We've, we're now doing. We've already just released the analytics of it. Uh, so the next step is now. Okay, how do we um, how do we screen all the athletes that we have on this training system, right? Effectively and. And then the next step after that is how do we adjust, like how do we build a way that which we can adjust the training programs uh, on a day-to-day -day basis mm -hmm. as well. Wow, that's really, really yeah. So yeah. yeah, so every day based on how you're reacting, based obviously on the trend, yeah. right? So we have a certain time frame that it will track and trend you, uh, it will be able to sort of adjust accordingly. And that's like the future of what we'll work wow, on. Wow, that's yeah. amazing. Um, and you know, we've talked about all the people you're training, but what's next for you? Oh, got a full, uh, well, next year, because my development work has kind of slowed down, and you know, we've, we've achieved all the development and, and technology milestones that we wanted to, uh, I can now <laughs> invest a bit more time getting back into, uh, into racing again. Well, not to, to win, but to, to just, you know, take part in events. I've actually moved into uh, trail running for a while now. Um, I've done Ultra Trail Australia for two years running. Um, first year I did it, I finished it, the 50Ks in the Mount Blue Mountains in seven hours. Uh, last year I did it in six hours. My goal for this th two zero one uh, two zero one eight is to finish it in under five hours thirty minutes, which would place me in the top twenty wow. uh, in Australia. I mean, in that international field. Um, yeah, so that's that's a goal of mine. I'm I'm doing a few races. I'm doing the Cordillera Mountain Ultra, which is also a fifty in, in the mountains, Cordillera Mountains in Philippines. Uh, we're doing Ultra Trail Australia. I will do. Um, Vietnam. Yeah, I'll do Vietnam Mountain Marathon, and I'll also do uh, Gold Coast Marathon. Ah, yeah. as so I cheered. Yeah, well, yeah. that's what John trained me for last year, and I was standing out in the front of my mum and dad's house as he ran past yeah. randomly, and I chased him down, <laughs> yeah. screamed like a crazy person. Yeah, so 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 those races, and you know, uh, our team of athletes is is the community of athletes that we have under Morph Performance is growing, and like Ultra Trail Australia, we've got like about thirty over athletes wow. from Singapore going up. And um, you know, taking part in that, I think uh, Gold Coast Marathon, we're going to have a lot of, uh, I think, similar numbers. I think heading out to take part, so it's great to see the community and, grow. And your athletes that you train, they don't have to be based in Singapore, right? So no. this this can be a program that's done anywhere, anywhere in the world. If yeah. they want to follow one of your programs, you'll develop one yeah. for them. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I have athletes in uh, you know South Africa, US, don't US, yeah. Canada, you know, and yeah. So we we can manage you know an athlete's development anywhere in the world um, and as we're talking about running what are your favorite shoes to wear <sighs> road and trail well 
Nike. <laughs> I can't say the other brand. <laughs> so, but I've always been a Nike boy um, okay. since the get go when I first started, you know, running, um, and that's been many years already. And you know, the you know Nike, Nike the trail running shoes is the Nike Kyger or the Nike Wild Horse, right? Um, these are these are these are great trail running shoes. Um, you know, and like I've used it out on the trails in all kinds of conditions and really, really good. You know, I can't, I got nothing really to compare it with, but in terms of for my standards, I was very happy. You know, like you use a pair of shoes and it doesn't quite yeah, click, yeah, yeah, and then you know, right? So, so those were those two shoes were great. Uh, in terms of the um, in terms of the road running shoes, the uh, I think the Lunar Spiders were really good, the Lunar Spiders or the Lunar Races. Uh, the latest ones were, were really, you know, I, I really particularly like those uh, a lot, you know, okay. yeah. Um, and one thing you can't live without when you're racing? One thing I can't live without if I'm racing. Oh, uh, it, it, like recently? I think recently it's more enjoyment. You know, when I used to compete, it was always, you know, pressure and all this kind of thing. And, and again, you know, at that time, and when you're younger, you push yourself and you thrive on that kind of pressure. But I think, uh, you know, having been away and, you know, now going into trail running, I, I really love the fact that there's no expectations. Mm. And I, that, and then to me, you know, and that's what I often share with my athletes, you know, even those that are right, like, oh, I want to qualify for Kona, I want to, you know, qualify for Boston. And I often tell them that, you know, you don't, don't try to put too much pressure on yourself and go out and enjoy yourself because end of the day that's the reason why you run right yeah. it's not just to, to get you know get medals or to get a certain status or whatever it, it's really about enjoyment and being in good health and you know and, and, and then you know keep doing it right to be able to keep doing it and and to me in the last years that I've just took taken part in these events I've really learned to enjoy that and be in the moment and I think to me that's Right now, that's what I love. That's what that's good. Yeah. Good advice. Uh, what's in your gym bag? I don't have a gym bag. Yeah, it's just it's like the free runner. Yeah. That's it. I, I love it. Shoes uh, off, off it goes down the road. Yeah, exactly. You know. Um, yeah, I, I mean, I love the outdoors. So it's always putting on a pair of shoes. You know, I don't even run with music. I used to like not really. I never used to, but uh, you know, I love music. But I've learned to just go out and listen yes you know and i think you know for me with the technology with my work um you know it's pretty stressful and sometimes i find that for me running you know can be meditative yes and it's it's a chance for me to like not think and just zone out you know and tune out so i, I quite enjoy that as well i think you know yeah favorite place to run where like anywhere in the anywhere world, in the world. Uh, Blue Mountains. <laughs> so, uh, again, you know, it's it's tough, but I think it's being able to reconnect with nature. It's just being out there, solitary, you know, and just you know, yeah. I just like I like I like that. Yeah. Great. Aaron, anything else from you? I think so. Before we went to what today, I know we? we have. It's been yeah. amazing. Well, we know we we're, we're definitely. Uh, Going to have you back for another podcast with a different topic oh, yeah. uh, shortly. Well, I think when, when Morph is released to the public, right? Yeah, the Morph app, Morph app is uh, due to release uh, from... Okay, so we're, we're releasing the iOS app. Uh, it will be targeted for 1st of January. Okay. Yay! Yeah. <laughs> Nine months of work. Uh, you know, my development teams have been working really hard on getting it ready. And, 
you know, we, we really wanted to make sure that it was top notch. So that's why we took a bit longer than what was scheduled or what we, we, we wanted as a deadline. But, um, you know, safe to say, 1st of January, we're going to launch it and it's going to be cool. <laughs> right, and we'll make sure we put a link in uh, to website and everything at the bottom of this podcast too, so people can reach out to you. Yeah, I mean, uh, we have a web-based uh, platform, so that's how I manage all my athletes. And, uh, you know, um, if you want to yeah, go to morphperformance.com for more information, but uh, eventually when the iOS app is up, you can get it from, you can download it from the iTunes. app store. Great, and our podcasts are on iTunes as well, so all in one place, fantastic. Well, thank you very much, John, for coming on board and uh, educating us all on heart rate training. I'm sure there'll be a lot of converts and a lot of people with a lot of questions reaching out to you. Um, Sweet. Yeah, (laughs) so thank you very much, everyone, and we will catch you again on our next show. Thanks. And that's a wrap for another week. Thanks for tuning in. As always, you can find all of our episodes on the iTunes store. You can also find them at the website, www.thedailyescape.com. Follow us on Instagram at Rockstar Arms or at The D Escape. Facebook, The Daily Escape. And of course, Twitter at Rockstar Arms. Have a great week, everyone. And remember, be amazing and stay healthy and happy.